it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. You hear that all the time, right? And, right. and the music business is literally 10% talent, 90% business. So when you tap into that, then you, then you understand like what needs to be done. And just being persistent, you know, when you are persistent, it takes away resistance. You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar creatives and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and best-selling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. What up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Devana, and this week's Gangstar is Spectacular Smith, and he's an American multi-platinum recording artist, entrepreneur, number one best-selling author, social media guru, keynote speaker, and entertainer. A dancer since the third grade, Spectacular took his childhood love of performing into the rap group he formed with his brothers, famously known as Pretty Ricky. And if you're a millennial like me, I'm sure you grew up blasting their music like I did. The group went on to huge worldwide success, filling arenas on the Scream 4 tour, selling millions of singles and ringtones, and earning huge hits with their songs, Grind With Me, Your Body, and On The Hotline. Music stardom was just the first stage of Spectacular Smith's career. In his late 20s, he became the founder and CEO of Adwazar, the dominant social media brand in the urban music space that has become a multi-million dollar company ranked at 262 on the 2017 Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in America. The company runs the Facebook pages of artists such as Bow Wow, Kevin Gates, Soulja Boy, Master P, Birdman, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and countless others. Adwazar has now grown beyond urban music into dealing with major brands, corporations, athletes, merchandising deals, and so much more. He's known as one of the top marketing gurus to watch by Huffington Post, ranks amongst the top five influential entrepreneurs in tech and music, and honored as the Innovator of the Year by Black Enterprise. This interview is super exciting for me because, like I said, if you're a millennial like me, you more than likely grew up blasting their music. And to this day, I still listen to Pretty Ricky while I paint, while I'm in the car. A couple of their songs was like the go-to car karaoke song for me and my husband. So this was just really a cool opportunity to sit down with him and hear the behind the scenes of the music industry as well as the behind the scenes of his startup. So I'm just excited to go ahead and dive in and share this episode with you all. All right, Gangstars, super excited for this week's guest. We have Spectacular. Um, he's going to be dropping some major bombs, sharing his story, diving deep on the music industry, as well as startup company, Adwazar. And I'm just super excited to have you on the podcast to be able to add value to the Gangstar listeners today. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. So have you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. It was spectacular. Take us on a journey of where you started and where you are today. Yeah. So my name is Spectacular Smith and um, I started in the music industry from, you know, being on stage, dancing and singing and well, I can't sing. I can sing in the shower, but I can't like really sing, sing. But I was the <laughs> rap. I'm one of the rappers in the group, and uh, you know, went went around the world, and um, you know, had number one number one tours, and and uh, sold over 17 million albums, and went from that fr- to you know getting into the whole technology space and helping out different influencers uh, take their brand to the next level and helping them monetize their social media channels and then kind of transition from that and um into into helping out different individuals with my online business school where i actually help have millionaire mentors teaching my students and i teach my students of course and my expert team and um yeah and just help everybody um take their brand to the next level I love that. Uh, There's so much I want to touch on um, during this hour that we have together, but I want to take it back to kind of like the beginning of your childhood in a sense, because I read that that's kind of where basically you got into the music industry. So I'm curious to know, like, what was it when you were like little, did you always know that you wanted to be part of a group? Did you always want to know you want to be an entertainer in the music industry? What was that kind of journey like kind of getting your foot into that door? Yeah, for me, it was more 
it was ne- it was never a situation where I just wanted to be a rapper. Like I was never mm. like, hey, my goal and my dreams are to be a rapper. <laughs> like that was never my goal. Mm-hmm. But it was always to entertain. I was in a, I was in a dance group since I was third grade. I was in third grade, <laughs> and and this the funny thing is the dance group was called Baby Forever Nasty, and uh, <laughs> in third grade. <laughs> In the third grade, right? Because we oh, have an older dance group called Forever Nasty, and they call us Baby Forever Nasty. And uh, and I think <laughs> no, I think when we got when we end up in that group named that, I think I was more like in the fifth grade around that time. Like a couple years passed by, but yeah, these these um this dance group taught us how to dance, and and uh, I always had a passion for it. So even when I got into the group with my brothers. I had to self, I was self-taught, you know, in, in terms of rapping. Mm. And one day, you know, they told me get on stage, right? It's like, get on stage, dance with your brothers. My father told me to get on stage. He was the CEO mm. and, uh, and the manager of the group. And he told me to get on stage and I was just dancing around. And, you know, one day, one of the producers said, man, why y'all don't give Speck a verse? And I was just like, all right, well, cool. I'll jump in. You know, I do a verse. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So I taught myself how to rap. And they gave me one verse one day and all the girls started going crazy. It was like, all right, put Speck <laughs> on all the songs. So <laughs> I ended up officially a rapper in the group. And, you know, I became one of the fan favorites. And, and ever since then, you know, we was rocking out as Pretty Ricky. How old were you when the group started? So I was in sixth grade when when it started off, and we kind that of that is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we kind of built it from there, and we used to do gangster rap. We used to do gangster mm. rap, and we used to talk about a bunch of like craziness. And then uh, we did one song, we did one R and B song, which was "Grind mm-hmm. On Me." And ever since that day, you know, we decided to just switch up everything and just make all about love making and and you know mm-hmm. sex music and you know things like that because that's what we was living every day we wasn't living that gangster stuff like we was <laughs> we was fighting all the time and you know hit, yeah across the head with pool sticks and stuff like that but we wasn't really you know we wasn't pulling no pistols out and shooting nobody but we started really start getting some crazy stuff later on in life but you know i turned that corner but um <laughs> but yeah so so yeah, that was th- that was really one of the things, man. Is uh, living living my life, telling my truth in my song, and and mm-hmm. you know, depending on who was listening to it, you guys got a really really great vibe and set the mood, mm-hmm. and, and it was it was really uh, a really great moment in my life just to be able to make the music that people still play to this day. No, absolutely, it's so crazy too because I grew up listening to you guys, and I always say every time, like I still listen to it to this day. Like when I'm painting and making art, it's just like good vibes, and I'm just like, man, every time I listen, it's literally timeless music. Like it, it can never get old, and especially when you grow up listening to your guys's music or just any music. It's like you're gonna be listening to this, you know, time after time, and then mm-hmm. it'll be like passed on. So that's really awesome. Um, to, to hear that you guys kind of made that switch and then figured out that that style worked for you and then been a, be able to kind of take that success and blow up from that style. Yeah. And, and the great thing about it was the transition was amazing because not only did we like to make the music, you know, that was something that all the fans gravitated to. So it was, mm-hmm. it was definitely a win-win and, uh, and I really enjoyed just making and talking about the things I was living every day. Mm. So your dad was the manager. You, I just learned this yesterday that you guys are all related. I don't know how I didn't know that from the beginning. So what is it like working with your family in the music business? You hear mixtures of different stories from other Pain people in the, in the industry. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad is a little awkward relationship because it's like when you got mm. a father and, and like he's money driven and uh and he's a street dude so everything kind of mm. ends up about money like no matter what the conversation starts off at it ends with money or begins with money like money is just in the conversation and it just like aggravates me to have a conversation with my dad and every time it is a conversation is either about the past and you know how he kind of messed everything up or what happened in the past mm. you know the victim mentality or you know the fact that you know this money here, money. I was just, I don't want to hear all that. Right. And then my brother, uh, my brother, you know, we, we don't get along at times too, 
and um, it's just it's just a, a interesting dynamic just to have those type of personalities, and everybody has strong personalities, and everything is just like a hundred percent opposite. You know, you got one <laughs> member love to do this, another member love to do this, and it's like it's so different from based on what everybody and now even like how my lifestyle is now they get upset at me like right because I my my assistant runs my whole life like it's even Mm -hmm. I go to my assistant and I say hey can I do this (laughs) you know because I gotta make sure because I (laughs) wasn't doing that before and I started bumping heads with her and she was she would like schedule something I was like damn she was like, well, I already reached out to this person and put this on this time as a time you was available. And then I booked it and then they booked it. And then it's like everything clashes. So they be having issues about my assistant. They don't want to talk to my assistant. I was like, yo, it's the, it's the managers talking to my assistant. And like, they're dealing with that. Like you can call me, but I'm just saying like, my life is organized now. Like you can't just call me last minute and just think I'm going to be available. Like, like, mm-hmm. don't get mad. You got to put it on the schedule. Like, I got stuff going on. So you got to deal with those different things. And and on top of the different personalities, just like where everybody's at in life and how they deal with things and do things, you know, it's uh, it's just a difference with everybody. You know, one guy mm-hmm. is just, like, real earthy and, like, you know, carefree, slick them, and <laughs> you know, pleasure. He want everything the way he wants it. And, you know, mm-hmm. like he try to play the peacemaker sometimes, but you know, he have his moments. And then like my other brother, uh, baby blue in the group, you know, me and him bump heads a lot. Cause he's just have a strong personality. He's a Leo, you know, strong personality. And, you know, he's used to running things back in the past. And I used to be real, I used to be real quiet back then. Cause I really didn't care. I didn't care much mm-hmm. about music. So I was really silent. Really? And, yeah. And, and as I start growing in business, then I had just more to say because I just have more experience. So it'll be a disservice for the group for me not to do certain things. And, you know, he's used to running everything. So we bump heads a lot because now I'm, you know, I have more of a voice and step up to the plate on certain things and lead certain things. So he still has, you know, it's, it's still a little balance that we're trying to figure out um, on the leadership part for some some of the things that he's used to handling. But Yes, yeah, it's, it's a pretty pretty interesting dynamic for sure. Is there any um, tips or advice you would give to anybody listening who's going into the business with their family on how to kind of make it work? Because you guys still work together to this day, right? And yeah, you still go on tour and stuff. Still a headache, still a headache. Still but, a headache. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we we learned how to work with each other. Uh, of course, yeah. you got your moments with family. You fuss and fight, and then you make up. You get back together, and then like you know, we do it all over again. But one of the main things I would say is just really understand where everybody's strong points are. And if Mm -hmm. you can, if you can separate and delegate accordingly, then you're able to soar because if you're not stepping on that person's foot with his, his unique ability, then you're able to soar like an eagle. If not, then you guys are going to continuously bump heads. And that Mm -hmm. was, that was, that was something that was, that was happening to us that we didn't know each other's strong point is is equivalent to when LeBron James went to Miami Heat and you had LeBron James, D-Wade, and Bosch and the first championship they lost because nobody knew who the leader was. You had Mm D-Wade trying to lead and then then LeBron James tried to lead and then they tried to take turns leading and then then D-Wade just bowed down and was like, you know what? You know, I'm going to let you lead, LeBron. And after that, they went championship championship it was back to back to back to back like they started killing it and and I think every situation is like that when it comes to family and really any other situation it's the same as mm-hmm. I think it's just making sure you know who everybody's strong points letting them lead in that strong point having faith in in what they're doing right but trust but verify and at the same time you know make sure that you're doing the same thing within yourself right so nobody's stepping on your toes and everybody respect each other unique ability in space so everybody could just take their best foot forward and nobody's stepping on each other's toes you know they said all the time too many chefs in the kitchen or too many chiefs not enough Indians so with us we have every single situation separated so it might be stage show spec is in charge of the stage show all right nobody got nothing to say of course you can add on but I'm the leading force of (laughs) of the stage show pleasure mm-hmm. he's the leading force of the music all right so he's the person who's going to get the producers and all that he's going to lead that mm-hmm. so like everybody has their own unique thing that they do 
and then everybody try not to step on that person's toes and that way that person could own that position and and put a hundred percent effort on it to make it as as great as possible and then i love that yeah and then another thing is just make sure you separate the business and personal still have family time you know when Mm -hmm. you don't talk anything about business and then when you have a business time then you know it could be the business so but make sure nothing gets jammed jumbled up and you lose the fact that you are family and that quality time does mean something to you guys in the bonding moment. So, you know, spend as much time as possible uh, and put it on the schedule. So you have no excuses because a lot of times we just get tied up in what we're doing and mm-hmm. we excuses of why we're not spending as much time together or oh, I'm busy or you know, I have this going on, that going on. So it's just a, it, it, get, it's, it gets complicated when when you just make excuses for yourself because it's really not that hard put it on the calendar make time for it like you make time for your best customer or the person that was going to give you a million dollars the next you know the next (laughs) a year Mm -hmm. from now you're going to do everything in your power to keep that person happy you're going to keep everything in your power to you know do everything you got to do for that person so think of it as that and then you will have a really great relationship no, that's really good. And I think that that, that applies to like, not just people who want to be in the music industry with their family, but just anything business related, you know, assigning those roles and being clear on what everybody's good at. And then also, you know, when it comes to family and work and trying to separate that, putting things on the calendar, making the family time just as important as any other business opportunity. And I think that's really good that you touched on that. Cause that was even something that my husband and I had to do because we worked together in our business and it was, you know, it's not easy working with your significant other when it comes God to business, you. but <laughs> yeah, you have to figure out your roles. You got to figure out, you know, yes. your working personalities alongside of your, you know, regular personalities. Yes. And, you gotta, That's a whole nother topic. I could talk it on is. that. Yeah, I can talk <laughs> on that subject all day because I work with my with my girl also. And mm. yeah, it's it's a that's a whole nother situation in terms of working with your spouse. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's a whole nother skill set within itself to learn. It um, but yeah, we can dive in that too if you want to. But yeah, <laughs> it's definitely no. definitely a situation. It is. But I think it's just good that you touched on that because that just applies. Even if you're not in the relationship where it's with your family, just running a business in general, it's good to know everybody's strengths so that everybody has their responsibilities. Um, correct. Correct. You know, it has the good communication as well. You did say something interesting where you were, you had mentioned that you were quiet back in the day because you didn't care about the music. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to know, was it was the music something you never cared about or was it the industry that made you kind of like not really care about it as much yeah i mean it was it's pretty much everything right it's the music mm. industry it's the type of people that's in the music industry and interesting not that type of person it breeds a certain type of person so even if you're not a snake you end up coming out the other side as a snake and i just don't like that it's just phony everything is phony and and everybody just want a dollar it's, it's not real relationships it's mm. all just fake right and then and then also it's like the outer shell everything is about the outer shell what the outer shell looks like but nobody cares what the inner shell looks like right it's mm. who do what how who's the hottest if you're not hot you don't have a record <laughs> out you know in in a couple of years or even six months it's like oh what happened to this person and like and then everybody looks down on you or like you don't get the respect that you deserve. And then the politics that it comes with like winning awards and the Grammys and like all type of stuff. Like we, we went, we had the number one album for five consecutive weeks on the billboard charts. We had a top 10 single, not only on the top 40, top 100, and also on like number two on the urban charts. And we lost to Bone Thugs and Harmony for the best group. What? <laughs> Are you sitting? Even though those are my boys, I'm like, what? Bone Thugs yeah. and Harmony, these guys came out 10 years before us. How, how, how the hell is Bone Thugs and Harmony winning the best group? And they haven't had a single, they haven't had a real hit since they had their last hit, right? They had like a country song at the time. It was like, no way that's compared to on a hotline <laughs> right now. There's no way, right? So like ever since that day, it's like, it just turned me off on the way that people do the awards and how they pick people. It's just, it's just phony to me. And then at the same time, I just never been a fan 
of the art of creating music. It's just never, it's just never been something that I really cared about. Right. I appreciate it because of, of the vibe and the energy that I have with my brothers when writing the music, like those Mm -hmm. are the great times, but you know, Oh, I can't wait to get to the studio. Like that never came out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's so crazy hearing that from you. You know, somebody who's had the success and has had is living out the dream that many probably that are listening right now that has that type of dream. And to hear that from somebody who's been able to experience that it's interesting Mm -hmm. insight. What would you say is something that would make that makes a musical artist successful? What does it take to get to the kind of success that you guys got? I would just say relationships. Relationships mm-hmm. is key in any business. A lot of stuff I'm going to talk about is like generic stuff that you can apply mm-hmm. in any situation, but definitely relationships. Relationship based uh, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. You hear that all the time, right? And right. and the music business is literally 10% talent, 90% business. So when you tap into that, then you then you understand like what needs to be done. And just being persistent. You know, when you are persistent, it takes away resistance. I heard Charlamagne the God say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was um and and that was a true statement. It's like that's that's real. The more you're persistent is the resistance leaves. So even if somebody tell you no, it's just a temporary yes. So if you can go to a person and go over and over again, and then you go and you figure out why that no happens. So many times people get the answer no, and then they just walk off instead of hitting mm-hmm. you with the question like a little four-year-old kid that hit you with why. All right, <laughs> oh, it's because you didn't do this. All right, why? And All right, it's because mm-hmm. of this. And it's like, all right, why? Why is that? And then you, you ask why five times and you end up with the real answer. And when you do that and you practice that, then you apply this to any, any situation. It's like, yeah. oh, why you left the, the toilet seat up? All right, it's because, man, I walk in the bathroom, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, so why when you walk in the bathroom, you do this? It's because I do this. All right, so why do you do that? And then by the time you get to it, you get to the root of the issue. It's like, oh, okay, that's what it is. So mm-hmm. now you know what to put focus on. But too many people are putting the focus on the Band-Aid instead of whatever you have to do to get that symptom cured. Mm. What would you say is the biggest mistake that most people make when trying to make it in the music industry? The biggest mistake that people make when trying to get into the music industry, they're thinking that it's hundred percent talent mm. and they don't have their business together. They're not educating themselves, right? It's, it's as executives mm-hmm. put books out about the music industry. Go read everything you can read. Go study the executives and get in because if you get in and you don't have everything together, you get robbed out of all your money. You know, mm. you end up with nothing. But then also yeah. you can't be too smart because if you're too smart, then you end up with nothing. So you have to, it has to be mm-hmm. a blend of knowing your shit, but still being able to take some L's, right? On purpose. Like it's like you you think you're fooling me, but I know what I'm doing. It's equivalent to to letting somebody get your song for free. Right. And they think they robbing mm-hmm. you out of your publishing, but you know that you're going to use that person name, giving it to them for free. You get to say, hey, now I'm working with such and such. Right. This was one of my songs on the album. OK. And you might get them to do a drop for you or get them to do a favor for you later on. And, and you cash in all your favors. Like I heard Akon say he was writing for a bunch of people he, behind the scenes. He was letting them use his studio for free. I don't know hmm. if it was Atlanta, but he was letting them use his studio for free. And then when he finally decided he wanted to become a rapper, he called in all those favors. And that's why he ended up on so many people's songs all at one time. <laughs> he you did, remember, though. <laughs> yeah, you remember Akon took over the whole world at that time? Yeah. It was like Lil John had his run, T-Pain had his run, and Akon had his run. That's how he did it. It was relationship-based. He did hmm. something for them, and he gave them something that they needed. And then it was reciprocated later on once he cashed in his favor. But he kept putting deposits in, deposits, deposits, deposits. So when he went and go call on his withdrawal, it was nothing. Because it was like, yo, you gave me hours and hours and hours of studio time for free. So now you finally need something that's good. Now on the reverse side of that, for the business, now it looked to the people that all these celebrities was at this studio. And also it looked to the people that this studio stay booked. 
So this man pulled mm. the genius move, like it was genius. So now it don't don't surprise me. He got Akon City coming. Like he's a smart, <laughs> intelligent guy. Like he's he's definitely pulling genius moves, and uh, and and you know he's a great individual in terms of you know the way he thinks. So I thought I thought it was phenomenal. But yeah, you got to pull things like that and make sure you're thinking strategic. Don't come into this game thinking that you're gonna just have talent because Akon mm. had talent. Look what got him what he got. It was him using his brains and using that as a tool to get people to come to his studio. And then knowing that he's going to cash in that favor later on, because they didn't even know he was a rapper or something like that. And then he cashed in. It's like, oh, this is hot. You know, he thought it was just a, a writer, you know, with a studio. And then when you be like, okay, let's go. So now imagine he would have came into the industry thinking that this is 100% about talent. He would have never ended up yeah. Many hits without that strategic move. Wow. No, that's really good. Just having that game plan and not just focusing on the talent, which I think most creatives do. Whatever industry create a creative is in, if they're more focused about the creative work and the talents, but they're not putting their mind and their energy into learning the business side of it and building those relationships and thinking out those strategic plans. Hmm. Hmm. How does the music business work exactly? Like, how do you make money in simplest terms for those people like myself that have no idea how that works? Yeah, they have numerous ways to make money. Uh, one is streaming. Um, mm -hmm. You make money off of streaming and you get paid. You get paid through Sound Exchange. Sound Exchange is one way you get paid. Uh, it's another company called Sound Royalties that uh, that help you get paid if you already have some, some um some royalties already, you know, do a deal with you and, you know, buy your royalties out for a certain amount of time and everything like that. You also have BMI ASCAP, you get paid for your radio views. Uh, you get paid for YouTube views, a company called creative.tv. Uh, in mm. so many ways, man, you can go through some of these, these, uh, these independent distribution, uh, just distribution uh, empires and you have the tomb course and you know it's so many ways to get paid you know pandora and uh getting paid off these streaming platforms is really going to help you guys out uh, but ultimately it's about just monetizing building your social media channels and you know getting your own product and merchant uh, and and actually promoting the product right you can go to printfoo.com mm -hmm. with printfoo.com they will print out your merch for you and as people buy you know it's print on demand they will literally come and help you out and you put the design on the shirt and as somebody buys it they will mm -hmm. actually print it out for you put the tags and all that and ship it out to your customer so you don't have to get a bunch of inventory just to get your your merch line up and, and going and just monetize it like that man is, is really what it's about right now and the artist that understand that is the artist that's killing it right now look at six nine when he came out of, out of jail <laughs> the first thing he did he released a single and when he mm -hmm. released a single, not one, he did a social media play. He was like, hey, you know, follow me for a shout out, you know, a comment, comment uh, done when you finish. So now he made everybody go back to his Instagram page and go follow him for a quote unquote shout out that he never gave him. And then he made him comment done, which gave him more engagement. But the most genius thing about the whole thing was he caused all this controversy but right at the end of his video, he was promoting his merchandise with the little, mm -hmm. little shark on it with the, with the colorful merch line. So these are the guys who's killing it. Like you might laugh at him and, and joke, but this guy is really making some real strategic moves, even the way yeah. other people he's, you know, heckling or trolling these, everything is a strategic move that he's doing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not about talent right? That guy got talent. Like mm -hmm. that song he had, that, that, that shit was hard. But at the, <laughs> in the same breath, he was monetizing it on the back end. I'm pretty sure he sold so many damn t-shirts and hoodies and sweaters and yeah. sweatsuits. Man, this man got almost a hundred million views or not. I don't know how much, many, how many views a he lot. got, but <laughs> it was a lot. So just imagine if 1%, which is realistic, 1% purchased his merch how much money that man made. He, he had to make over yeah. minimum. Minimum, he made a few million dollars. Minimum. 
just off of that. So it's about being strategic, you know, and as you're in that, and as you're blowing up, make sure you got your ducks lined up, you know, music don't last forever. Look at Usher. Where's Usher right now? He was the biggest <laughs> thing on the planet when he came I out know. with his album. Where's Nelly right now? I know. Right? Where's Nelly right now? He was the biggest thing when that album dropped, right? Where, where was, where's Outkast right now? They was huge when that, when the Outkast albums dropped, the double disc. So like all those guys I just named, if they're still killing it, which I'm pretty sure a lot of them probably are, is not from music. So that mm -hmm. just shows you, you can sell 15 million, 20 million, 10 million albums and it not last forever. So you have yeah. to have your backup plan ready on what that exit strategy is. And as you're having that exit strategy, right, you're putting people in place to make sure they can facilitate that transition. If not, then you're going to take an L. You're going to be the person that make a bunch of money, like I did, and get it all taken, taken away from you because you ain't got everything lined up in minds. I put trust in my father to handle everything. So it wasn't mm. even on me on why I took my L, but I learned from his L that became my L. And now I'm back teaching you guys not to do the same, which is okay. make sure you got the right people in place and all the people that's in place needs to make sure that they have, they ducks lined up in the row and make sure that those people are fit for the position. You know, I heard T pain say he lost $40 million and it was like, well, how did you lose $40 million? <laughs> because he wanted to invest his money, which was good but he invested in real estate. But guess what he did? He had his manager manage his investment in real estate, but his manager knows nothing about real estate. So you want to, mm -hmm. you want to make sure the person who you got running, whatever you have them running, their expertise is in that area. You don't want to get somebody who, who makes shoes for a living, handle your investments for gold bars and, and silver <laughs> and whatever you're investing yeah. in stocks. No, you want a person that, that crushed it in stocks, that kills it in stocks, do your stocks. You want to, if you want to uh, invest in a shoe company or create a shoe company, you want a guy who already made tons of money in the shoe company that can help you or partner with you for the shoe company. Or you can pay him as a consultant to show you his failures. So you don't, mm -hmm. so you don't go through the same thing he went through. Cause as a mentor or a coach, you're not paying for their knowledge. You're paying for their failures. So you want to make sure you get your exactly. coaching in places to make sure that you're not making those mistakes that was so costly that they took their huge L on. Because you're a couple L's away to really like, you know, if you don't handle it correctly, it can really take you out. So you got to mm -hmm. make sure not only you learn those lessons for those situations, but you, you take enough hits where it just don't take you out the game. That's what you don't mm -hmm. want. So always get the guidance and the mentorship and making sure those people that you put in those different place is the right person for that right seat. Mm. It sounds like you encourage more going the independent route of the music business because you can have more control of your income streams and, you know, your exit strategy. And there's all the things that involves in your career versus going the traditional route, like getting signed to a label. Do you feel like getting signed to a label is just as relevant as it once was? Or would you suggest a listener who's kind of debating on what direction to kind of pursue mm -hmm. to just focus on being an independent artist and doing everything themselves? Hey, Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true Gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. It all depends on where you at in life. Mm -hmm. Like me, I would rather have a label handle that part of the business just because I don't have time for it. Mm. Even though I know we can make a ton of money independent, I would rather just a label do a, a really good deal, create a partnership and let them do all the work because I don't have time to do the work. Right. And I don't have the energy to build the team around it and manage the team to do the work. Mm -hmm. So 
it all depends on on where you at in life and and what your goals and, and, and objectives are. If that's what you want to do and you have the time and energy and the capacity and, and the right team that can get you there, then you can do that. But some of the times it's just best to get into the label, get all the resources you can get, learn how they have their business structure, you know, and with these labels, they got to send you to these interviews. They got to send you to go meet people. They got to send you to go talk to people, get their number. I'll go to every last person. This is what Pitbull taught me when we first came into the industry. He was like, get every number you can and keep in touch with them. Call them Mm -hmm. on holidays, text them on their birthday, send them some gifts, whatever you got to do. And ever since then, I utilize that in my whole life, no matter what relationship. And I get every number and I do what I got to do if I feel like that person is important to me in my journey, in my mission in life. And Mm -hmm. in music, I was doing it with the label. So every time they send me to an interview, I got their number. They send me to a, a, um, a store or in-store, I got every last number. So basically, by the time we ended up off the label, I literally had every single contact mm-hmm. possible of the whole label. And it was no different than them calling them versus me because I built the relationship with them. I called them, I texted them on their birthdays. I, I call them on holidays and, you know, I showed them love. And, you know, now we have social media. You can definitely show love. You can hit the like button. You can <laughs> on that story. You can comment, you can show love. Like it's so easy now to build relationships. It's so easy. You follow them and just keep in touch with them. And now you can see their mm-hmm. whole life versus before you don't know what the hell they was doing. You just know when you reach out <laughs> to them that you that that is a touch point. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you do get on a major label, just get every last connection, every last resource, ask a bunch of questions. The more questions you ask, the better, because now you understand more on how they do business and why are they doing what they're doing. And hmm. that's great. So on the, on the independent route, it's the same thing. Go study who's who's doing it amazing independent go see what they're doing and how they're doing it and that's it so it all depends on where you at in life and what your goals are on if Mm. you go independent or if you go on a major oh that's good what was it that like made you create your agency adwazar such Mm -hmm. a huge kind of like 360 from, you know, creative music business, but I guess at the same time, it's still business. So I'm curious to know what got you into that, what made you create and launch it and what's kind of the story behind that? Yeah. So my, well, first of all, I was always like an entrepreneur, even as a kid, I I used to go around door to door selling candy. I sold like (laughs) $10,000 worth of candy in the third grade, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was always a entrepreneur at heart. And like I said, the music industry stuff was always my second love. It was just like a Mm -hmm. hobby for me. It was never like something I just wanted to do all my life. And, uh, but for sure I I wanted to perform my whole life. I love performing. And, um, yeah, that's why if you ever came to a pretty Ricky show, you'll see, I go all out. I don't hold nothing back. (laughs) So yeah, cause that's my first love for sure. But yeah, but business is, is always one of those things for me that I love doing. And I love success. I love seeing things grow. And, and I, I got a high off of seeing, seeing followers grow. Once I learned I could make money off of tweeting, I mm. took it to the next level. And, and um, I started, you know, being as creative as possible so I can grow my social following. What year was that when you were learning about making money off of tweeting? This was like 2007. So right when Twitter came out. (laughs) Yeah, right, right with 2000 and um, 2007, 2008, around that time, Twitter came out and I didn't have no followers at the time. Everybody was just talking about it. And um, yeah, ever since I, ever since I knew I can make money, I started figuring out creative ways I can grow a massive following. And from that point forward, I was just like, man, this is it. And I started making these parody accounts, Cat Williams, Will Ferrell, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Kevin Hart, um, Eddie Murphy, Jim Carrey, Grumpy Cat, like pretty much everybody. I, I was like crushing it. Um, and then Grumpy Cat was the one that was that was killing it. You know, <laughs> when I created Grumpy Cat, it just was a rap. 
and I was making so much money. I was, I was in the top five in advertising dollars on the whole Twitter platform. So wow. at that point I was making thousands and thousands of dollars a day. And, um, but yeah, that was really it, man. Um, once I found out I got, I had no, no, I had no, um, I had no, no. So matter of fact, this is around 2009. Yeah, it was 2009. All this happened. So that's the timeline. And then, yeah, I got, I got kicked out my dad house, man. I, I had to start from zero. He got, oh, mad at me one day. he got mad at me one day and uh, kicked me out the house at 28 years old, celebrity, no money. He messed it all up, made some horrible decisions. And I transitioned to being out on my own, which was a, a blessing. Wow. Then, but then I realized that I could really tap into my entrepreneurship. I was never mm -hmm. able to be a real entrepreneur in the music business because my father was, was holding me back from doing it. He didn't want to see me. I feel he didn't want to see me become an entrepreneur because he couldn't have the control he wanted, you know, and mm. making sure that we was doing the music stuff because he was handling all that money. We made tens of millions of dollars. So yeah. it's equivalent to seeing somebody straying off. You're like, hold up, bring your butt back over here. So <laughs> I could never do nothing other than music because I couldn't. So I used to do my Twitter stuff and all that on the side, trying to figure things out with that. And like, you know, once I kind of transitioned from that to, to full time doing the social media stuff, like it just went crazy. So I just show my my capabilities from day one that was just getting held back the whole time because I couldn't because of mm. my father who was running the ship he was the leader so you know I was just listening to my father so but it showed once I got out of that situation you know immediately like a few months later I was making like twenty thousand dollars a month like I went from dead broke zero depending on him you know that's to, awesome yeah the, the the next month sleeping in my my girl mom house in a little room she grew up in and going to her den in the living room and and um and just killing it on the computer for 20 hours a day just going hard and I started mm. making 20 30 40 50 thousand dollars 83 thousand dollars like I was I was killing it, man. And uh, it just really showed what I can really do. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and now is the time. You know, everything happened for a reason. I look at God and say, you know, this Absolutely. is this is what I learned from this situation. And I made it a blessing instead of, you know, pointing a finger at anybody and just took it for what it was worth. And, and it built me to who I am right now, which, which helped me get what I have. Because there's certain traits that I have that I feel like helps me be successful. And one of them is just not giving a fuck about money. Like, I don't care about money. So mm. if if I lose it all, I don't care. I didn't have nothing anyway. So, like, I built it all up from zero, and I lose it all. I build it back up. Who cares? Like, I could lose mm -hmm. the house. I could lose the cars. I could lose the jets. I could lose the black cars. I could lose all that stuff. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, I have the formula, and I can do it again. I built it from zero once. I can build it from zero twice. Mm. That's amazing. And Congrats on having that success and taking ownership of your life and not letting, you know, your dad kind of set that trajectory for you after he kicked you out. You kind of took that as an opportunity and created success from it. So that's, it that's really awesome. It was yes. a blessing. And the average person would probably look at that and be like, nah, no, 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 hell no, nope, mm -mm. nah, he should <laughs> money, he shouldn't have did that. But I, I, uh -huh. that. I, I like that. I like the fact that it happened exactly the way it happened. I like, I didn't get no money out the deal and it showed me how to manage my money. It showed me what not to do. It showed mm -hmm. me how not to depend on people to go out and get it on my own and, um, and be the, be the, the, the commander in chief of my own de destiny. And once I yeah. realized that I was like, man, that it was, it was a blessing. I, I, I appreciate every single moment of it. And I had fun while I was doing it. You know, I was That's on good. the road having fun. I was on stage having fun. Like, it was <laughs> a great experience. So, you know, I feel like that was his retirement money. <laughs> what would you say were like some of the first hurdles to building your startup and how did you overcome those hurdles? And I had so many hurdles, man. Still to this day, you have hurdles. It's business. It's well, yeah. Like, what were like the main big you know, ones though, starting the, out? The main big ones is like building a team, building the mm. team. That's and, always hard. <laughs> and knowing, and knowing it's actually easy, but just knowing how to do it is the hard part. Once you know okay. how to do it, then it's easy, right? And uh, cause you don't know what you don't know. 
And mm-hmm. that's why I started educating myself. I started reading, you know, leadership books and, mm-hmm. you know, studying other leaders, you know, watching different, you know, videos or whatever and have, have you know, the people that's crushing it in leadership and, and see what they have. So I just learned how to lead, man. I didn't know how to lead a team. I knew nothing about running a business at all. I didn't know about payroll. I never had a job a day in my life. Never. Not mm-hmm. one job ever. So I didn't know how it feel a clock in. I don't know if I <laughs> hard on somebody. I don't know if I'm saying the wrong thing. Like I had to literally learn all this stuff from scratch, from zero. And even one time I told my team, like, yo, this is my company. Like, you do what I say. Like, I, I thought, like, <laughs> oh shit. Like, yeah, like I was I was hardcore, right? And I was I was coming down on everybody, making people feel small and little. I wasn't motivating people. It was it was pretty bad. You know, it was pretty bad leadership at the beginning, but once I understood what leadership was and uh, I became a servant leader. And I get in the paint with my team. You know, I, I give I go in the paint with my team. I give credit what credit is due. I don't take any credit um, and make sure that I, I let everybody know who's responsible for it. You know, if it's not me, it's mm-hmm. not me. And usually it's not me. And, you know, I just I just know how to pick the right team. I train them. I coach them. I try to make their life easy, as, as easy as possible, and, uh, and, and, and have their back at all times. You know, nobody can go against me and my team. I don't care who you are. You can be my favorite client. Like, you're not going to talk to my team no type of way. And, um, and you're not going to stress them out. You know, I fire clients all the time. If, if you stress mm-hmm. my team out, and it's not about the money. It's about us loving what we're doing. And we're doing this because we love you as a customer and we want to see you win. But at any point in time, if you feel like I work for you, or you feel like you're going to put my, my team down, then you got to go. We're going to have mm-hmm. that conversation first. But once we have that conversation, if, if you're not understanding and it's not computing to you, then you got to go. And it don't matter how much you pay me. And then another thing I learned is one person is not bigger than the whole team. No matter who you are, you can be the number one sales guy bringing millions of dollars in revenue. But if you, you as the individual, right, are not bigger than the whole team. So if you're cancerous and you are bringing in a million, million, a million dollars, but the whole team hates you, right? They hate you. <laughs> you're, you're toxic. Uh, you're making yeah. them feel uncomfortable. And now he's at 100%. He feels good about himself. But my whole, my other side of my team, they're performing at 50%. They're calling out of work. They don't feel like doing the job correctly or they don't, they can't do the job correctly because they're mentally not there. Right. So it's about mental health too. So like if that person is cancer and he doesn't, and everybody's going right and he's going left, everybody's high-fiving and he wants to give a dap, like you off, you don't fit. So if mm-hmm. you don't fit, you got to go. So it doesn't matter. And, and, and culture is everything because when everybody is on the right foot at the same time, and if everybody's going left, everybody's going left. If everybody's going right, everybody's going right. Like that, that, that unison and, and, that, and just having that harmony and, and that synergy, like it sky's the limit on, on the capability, like the possibilities on, on what you guys can, can do together. But if you got one person sticking out like a sore thumb, it's then going to show the next person that, hey, I could stick out like a sore thumb or they don't care. Johnny did it. But, you know, why are you saying it to me and not to him? And like you're giving mm-hmm. him the golden child treatment because you're making the company money, but it hurts the company in the long run. So you have to I had to learn not to be short sighted, short, short sighted in vision and, and realize that it has to be you no, know, it's far sighted. Far sighted is like. If things that's close to you, right? Not thinking short term, thinking long term, right? That's a short term success. You're winning right now, short term, but in the long run, you're going to take an L. You're going to lose some of your other key people. And just because this guy's at 100%, everybody else is at 50%. Mm-hmm. I want everybody at 100. So let me go find somebody who's just as good as him, probably not as, 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 as great as he are, I mean, as he is, and he's at a hundred percent, right? He's at an A plus, but I go find somebody a B and turn them into an A plus. But now I got everybody else at an A plus and this one guy that's at a B and now it's my job to get him to an A plus instead of he's, he's, he's performing at an A plus and everybody else is performing at a D. So now mm-hmm. that doesn't add up. So I had to learn that. That was one of the things, one of the main things I had to learn was leadership. And then the second thing is pivoting. 
Mm-hmm. Don't stay, don't stay a course on the same thing that's not working, right? Always test 80-20 rule. Test the 20% of what was uh 80% of what's working and 20% on what that question mark is. Research and development. Test it out. Test, 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 and see who can actually challenge the champion, right? The 80% is the champion, and you want to challenge him to make sure he's still a champion, right? If Blockbuster mm-hmm. was doing this, they'll still be alive right now. But nah, they wasn't challenging <laughs> the champion. They felt like the champion was undefeated and nobody would ever beat him. And guess what? He got beat. Do you have any suggestions as to what roles you should hire first or you feel is like the most important hiring first in your business? I think the most important role is the opposite of, the opposite of your strong points. Hmm. Whatever, whatever you're strong at, hire for your weakness. If you're good at operations and, and, and numbers, go find somebody that could do sales and marketing. If you're good at sales and marketing, go find you a person that could build systems and do operations. That should be your hires. Mm. Does that differ from um, if you're in the music industry? Nope. Same thing. Same you want thing? somebody to offset you. You don't want, you don't want two people that's like, oh, take the risk, take the risk. And like, you don't have nobody talking you out of it. You need somebody that's mm-hmm. going to be the voice of reasoning for you to, to give you another perspective. The more diverse the team is, the better for you. Mm. What were some ways that you invested in yourself and in your business? Obviously you brought up like coaches, mentors. So I'm assuming you invested in different coaches, probably masterminds and courses and things like that. What were some of those investments that you did? I do everything. Yeah. I, I dive into every program. If I feel <laughs> like I can get a nugget out of it, I would dive into program. See, I have programs. So program sellers is program buyers. Like I need mm-hmm. to know what competitors are doing. I need to know that, you know, ain't nobody messing with me in my program and the way I have my curriculums and the people that's teaching in my program and what I'm teaching in my program. Like mm-hmm. I want to know what everybody's doing. And not only that, but I want to learn also. Because one thing about these programs is it's like a book. You go get a book. And when you get the, the one book, you get one or two nuggets out of it. Maybe three if you're really lucky. Right. And if it's a classic, you might get like five. So it's the same thing like programs. You might get one thing in that program that shows the value of that program based on that one thing that you got. And that one thing that you got may save you way more money than you pay for that program. You might pay for a program for $500. You might get one nugget that's going to save you $5,000. So not mm-hmm. justify what that $500 was. So I don't care about like, if somebody got a program, I just buy it. And then like, mm-hmm. you know, I get to it when I get to it, but I'm a constantly learning. Self-education is key. Self-education mm. is key. My, my, my brother, uh, 19 keys said Harvard is, the, is, I mean, self-education is the next Harvard. Absolutely. And that's what it's about. It's the evolution of self, self-education. That's what my spectacular Academy is. It's the evolution, right? It's not only self-education, but it's the next level. It's the next level of education where you get your own advisory board, where you get your own, you know, pretty much advisory board mastermind, where you get your own mentorship, where we teach you about everything you need to learn about mindset, you know, from, mm-hmm. from you know, building your, your funding for your business and, you know, how to brand yourself, market yourself, you know, uh, how to do your taxes and like the things that you got to do to save on your taxes and, and balance sheets and profit and loss statements and like all the stuff that you will never learn in school. They don't want you. Right. So I just, I just invest in myself. You can never make the wrong. You can never make a wrong investment in yourself. No, that's good. And I was, it's great that you uh, brought up your spectacular Academy. Cause I wanted you to share with the listeners a little bit more about what that is. Yeah. So it's basically a school state of the art. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> kill off the game we already killing the game uh we only uh, like over a little over a year old and we have over 2,000 students and awesome. uh, yeah we have over 2,000 students and we have over 17 millionaires in my in my school uh woop, woop. making over 32 million uh so far uh with over 2,000 students and it's just next level uh in terms of what we're teaching is real actionable things that can really take your life to the next level. No matter where you are in life, no matter if you're a coach, no matter if you're an artist, no matter if you're a creative, no matter if you're a CEO, executive, no matter if you do hair, 
no matter if you do real estate, like everybody needs to learn how to brand themselves. Everybody mm-hmm. needs to know how to market themselves. Everybody needs to know about funding and how to get money for your company, credit. Everybody needs to know mindset on how to have a millionaire mindset. Like you need to know all this stuff. And the great part is, even if you do learn this stuff and the certain things you don't want to learn, you can hire somebody to go learn those different things. So now you have somebody on your team with that skill set. So I have millionaire mentors teaching this versus a professor who never, you know, made a successful <laughs> business a day in his life or her mm-hmm. life, but she's teaching you how to have a successful business, right? There's nothing wrong with that if that's what you like. But me as a person, I want to learn from somebody who's already been where I want to be at. So yeah. they can get me there faster. They can, they can fast track me there. They can take me from the back of the line and say, hey, yo, spec, come on, bro. What you doing back there? Boom, VIP, straight to the front of the line. That's what I want. So same way I move, maneuver in life and in business, it's the same way I maneuver and, and help my students out so they can maneuver the same way that I'm maneuvering. So it's just not me at the table. I got this long table. I want as many people that can fit at that table as possible. So everybody's winning. Because this information, you're not getting nowhere. So now I have an opportunity to be a leader in the community to give back to my community and give them things that they can really take action on that can bring them generational wealth and financial freedom. Mm, I love that. And I'm all for self-education. That's how me and my husband were able to get the success that we had. And I, I mean, if you go to college, that's totally up to you, but there's so much power in like courses and finding everything online, like YouTube university, hiring mentors, coaches. So I think that's really awesome that you were, you put together something that gives value to people's lives that isn't just stuff that you're not really going to use. You're providing education that people yeah. can use. And also successful. just think about this though, is like at some point in time, you're going to have to pay for information. There's only so mm-hmm. much you can get from YouTube university and Google university, right? It's, yep. it's stuff that you won't find. Cause nobody's going to tell you, nobody's going to mm-hmm. put it out there like that. So when you find the right person who has to grab the breadcrumbs to success, you go and find that person and have them mentor you have them coach you, join their programs, do whatever you got to do to get them to engage with you because they already have what you need, which is the knowledge, which is the failures. Right. And when you're able to do that, then it's, then it's next level in terms of schools. This this is what I have a problem about with schools, right? Imagine, Mm -hmm. imagine you go to the store, you can't wait. You never had a big screen TV a day in your life. You're going, you're about to go get a 70 inch. You're happy. You waited your whole life for this. You see your mom with a big screen. You say, I want to get a big screen. Now you go to the Walmart. You go buy it. You happy. You go <laughs> home. You take it home. You plug it up. It don't work. You're like, yo, I just paid like <laughs> five grand for this TV. Now this is back when plasmas was out, when nobody knew about them like that. Five grand for the TV. You go mm-hmm. take it back to the store. You're like, listen, Mr. Mr. Walmart man, my TV don't work. You hand them the receipt. You're like, yo, it don't work. Plug it up. It don't work. I can't use this. And they look you in your face and tell you, I don't know what to tell you. You still got to pay for it. Bye. (laughs) That's what college (laughs) is. You give me information. I go out to the real world and go use the information. And then I can't even use it. Yeah. But then I still owe you money, no matter if I'm using it or not. So I feel like like if college is, is really... I feel like if they really believed in what they was teaching, they would have a money back guarantee. Mm, that's good. But they ain't why, doing that. <laughs> why? But that's, that's, that's the fact of reality. That's when they know I they know. teach you some BS. If you really believe in your curriculums and your teachers and your professors, then you would do a money back guarantee. What's the difference between a store doing a money back guarantee or any other business? The school systems yeah. is a business. This is literally a business. So not only that, but a lot of them are nonprofits. So it's like, why you can't give me a money back guarantee? If I'm not able to use this, why do I have to still pay for it if I'm not even using this? So that's the only problem I have. And I feel like it's overpriced information for for a premium price, you know, outdated information. So there's no way for you to teach me how to do digital marketing for four years when things are ever changing in, in, in the marketing, mm-hmm. things are ever changing in social media. So mm-hmm. I'm going to pay for something from four years ago that I can't even use today. <laughs> I'm just saying. No facts. 
I'm going to make sure to, to link your uh, Spectacular Academy in the show notes and on the website too. So people can check that out if they're interested. Yeah, but my goal is to, uh, it's not even my goal. That's what I'm doing. I'm changing the way people learn. Self-education is key. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You know, I feel like they're our enemy until they change the way their system is. It's broken. So mm-hmm. and today you're my enemy, right? And I'm going to do everything in my power to give the people with the real information that they need, not go through all these years in school and then come out and be like, okay, well, how do I buy a house? How do I do mm-hmm. my taxes? How do I build my credit? Like nobody felt like this was important to teach one day. <laughs> Thank you. 12 years of my life, just a one day teach on credit, one day teach on leadership, one day right. teach on mental, mental health, one day to teach on building relationships and networking. Like nobody ain't going to teach this. Okay. So you're, you're doing it on purpose right? The school systems got put in place just for people to be better workers, not how to be a, a self-made boss. That's what, that wasn't yeah. what school was, was, was built for. So the people that understand that is the people who's becoming successful right now. And if you do understand that, you just want a way out to just keep self-educating and get everything you need to get out of your situation. Mm. So what's next for you? Do you have anything that our listeners can get excited to see from you? Any projects, any new courses, oh, events, a tour? <laughs> I got everything going on. I ran, we what got you got? What you got? We got the millennial tour coming back up. Um, it got canceled because of COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. I have a business called Social Seed where I'm going let to the, let the average everyday person, you know, and change the way the average person so support their favorite influencer. Uh, and become micro investors in their in their products, and also I'm building out a, a incubator accelerator system where I take influencers with influence and build their own products for them. So I will create mm-hmm. the next Kylie Jenner cosmetics, and you mm-hmm. know, and not only I create the next Kylie Kylie cosmetics, but give the opportunity of her top one percent supporters to be able to invest. In, mm-hmm. in her project to now own ownership. So now when Kylie Jenner goes sells it for 500 million, now the <laughs> core supporters that help blow it up is one of the people that's gonna benefit off of that. You know, mm-hmm. and then I have a Ground Zero Summit. We did our first Ground Zero Summit, which was a, a, a branch of the power circle where I have all people of color are coming together collectively and sharing resources uh, being a sounding board, having, you know, a business therapy and everything like that, where we can come together and, 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 um, and really take everything to the next level as leaders in the organization. Um, mm-hmm. And then to get in that, you have to have over a hundred thousand for the first tier and which is the executive circle. And then the second circle is a million to uh, a million to 15 million, which is the power circle. And then 15 million above is the genius circle. All right. And that's going to be a invite only organization where you guys can come in and really reap the benefits of everybody connections and resources. And we have an e-learning system. And then everybody that's on the ground level, you know, uh, ground zero, we, we're going to have a, a curriculum that they can go through also to help them get to the seven, uh, to six figure, six figure mark so they can join the program. Uh, I mean, so they can join the organization. So I have that. And then I have the power circle, which is power in that, right? Um, so yeah, the power circle is the organization and then ground zero is a part of it where we have these events where we have, you know, 28 speakers to come and tell us stories about mindset and then giving them um, a one skill set per speaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was phenomenal. The first event we did, we did um, almost six figures in an event. We did it in six days, sold over 1200 tickets and uh, it was phenomenal. Um, what else? I'm a podcast, a spectacular experience. I have a book I'm working on called a spectacular entrepreneur. And it's my, my entrepreneur book, uh, based on business and all the tools and resources you need to become successful. My spectacular Academy, man, I just got, I got a lot going on. <laughs> I have over 14 companies, so I can be here talking all day about what I got coming <laughs> down the pipeline and what I got going on. But the fact that the reality is, it's, um, I'm just starting out, man. I'm just starting out and, you know, I'm still young. I'm in my early thirties and I'm just getting started. I got a lot to give the world and I'm not stopping until I bring as much people up with me as possible to get to where I'm at right now in life. And as Mm -hmm. I grow, I want people to grow with me and anybody who's willing to listen to me and learn from me, then I'm willing to teach you. 
Mm, I love it. I'll make sure to link everything in the show notes and on the website. So anybody listening that wants to follow Spectacular and everything that he's doing and learn more about his programs and events and everything, just go over there and you can check it out. So Spectacular, thank you so much for your time and sharing your story and all your gold nuggets into the business and the music industry and everything. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Anybody wants to join one of my free masterclasses, you guys can just text me at 786-661-1224. Text me the hashtag masterclass. And I'm pr- I'll privately send you the link. Uh, this is my actual number. So text me if you want to. It's love. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.